Welcome back to Defeat the Darkness. This is Vivian L. Miller, and I'm here with C.J. Jones. And today we're going to just flow with the spirit. There's some things we want to discuss, and we're, we're going to let the Lord lead the way. So thank you, Lord, for your, the flow of your anointing. Hey, Cheryl. Hey. I'm so grateful that we're both more than conquerors through him who, who, loved, through him who loved us. Amen. Amen. We were talking about the courts of heaven last week. Mm-hmm. And you had made mention that you were going to go back to the courts of heaven again. Yes. For something that you had been dealing with. Yes. And after discussing this with you, you agreed to share a little bit about what has happened since then or what, however the Lord leads you. Just go ahead and feel free. Right. Well, um, as we discussed last time, you know, there was a great deal of preparation going into or getting ready to go into the court of heaven. And so I did that. And this time it was a much lengthier, uh, preparation than what I did the first time, because this is a, an issue that an area of my life that the enemy has been attacking me in for years. And, um, you just get to the point where you, you just, you had an, I've had enough of it, you know? So I prayed about it and I thought this is, this is also a courtroom issue. Cause I, I know there's, there's some things that I'm not aware of. Maybe it could be a bloodline issue. Cause I've, I've gone into the courtroom about it before. Um, but not to this extent. So as I went, I did this on Sunday night and it was, probably the most I don't know I I really don't know the word for it but it was it was uh there was a lot of resistance I could feel a lot of resistance coming from you know the the enemy so I I pushed through it I kept doing what I felt like I needed to do what I believed needed to be done and I asked God for the judgment against my adversary and so the next day it's like I woke up the next morning and I could just feel a difference. And it wasn't necessarily a good difference. It was, there was just something. You know, there was a heaviness still weighing on me, but it was, it's like, you know, when, when you got pressure, when you, the pressure is coming from all sides, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how to explain it other than it just, it just felt like a lot of pressure, but it was greater than it had been before. The pressure and, cooker. The, yeah, the it's been turned up. Pressure cooker. Yeah. <laughs> it has been turned up. Let me tell you that. So for the last uh, three days now, I have uh, felt the pressure of of the enemy, you know, trying very hard to regain control in that area of my life. So there's been a lot of um, a lot of praying in the spirit still. Mm-hmm. and seeking the Lord and seeking wisdom in this area. And I'm like, Lord, did I miss it somewhere? Or was there something that I missed in that scenario? But then at the same time, you know, I'm still standing right. and I'm still standing on his promises. And even though it would be really easy to get discouraged at this time, like so many of us are, but I, I refuse to allow myself to do that because I, I'm refusing to give the enemy a foothold. 
And so I'm, I'm continuing to pray. I'm continuing to stand on the word because uh, the Lord told me, speak only the word. Right. So that's exactly what I'm doing. And I'm, if I'm being completely honest, I had a little bit of a meltdown this morning, you know, <laughs> um, I did. I was, you know, I, I got out of the shower and it just hit me some, some emotions that I've been holding back for a long time. And I really try not to get emotional about these things and just, you know, keep standing and staying, staying strong. But this morning, a lot of things just hit me because even though God isn't on a timeline, I am. So I know that I've got a very short period of time to have this situation resolved. But again, I'm, I'm trusting God. And that is the, the I can do at this point because I've done everything else that I know to do in the natural. And so I've, I've turned it over to God, excuse me. And I've said, this is your issue. Now you're going to have to do it. And I'm trusting him to do it. Mm -hmm. But in the same breath, the pressure is still on. And, you know, there's a, there's a few things that strike me as I'm listening to you talk about this. Mm Mm-hmm. With the enemy, it's always about control. Yeah. And he has used in all of us, all of our lives, we have areas that the enemy has had control right. for a very long time. Mm-hmm. We see the reflection of how he operates in our government. Yes. Especially the last couple of years. Right. We see people who have had power mm-hmm. and have gained influence and power and money, you know, they, there was somebody that was mentioned today, and I, I don't want to say who it was, but someone that in 16 years had gained 36 million, or excuse me, in six years, had gained $36 million more in assets. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. And that's $6 million a year for someone who's supposed to be working for us. Right. And that's only one person. Right. Well, if you've noticed, I'm just saying, if you've noticed, they all go in, you know, at a certain salary level, but they all come out millionaires, multimillionaires, multimillionaires. And the thing of it is, is that once they've had that taste of power, once they've had that control, Mm -hmm. once they've decided that they're untouchable, they don't want to give that up. Right. But that's a reflection of how the enemy does with us. Yeah. He wants that total control. It's always about control with him. Right. And the fact that you went to the court of heaven the first time and got breakthrough, um, immediately got breakthrough. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's, this is an area where he's kept you bound and in a box for a very long time. Right. I don't know specifically, but I have a good idea. Yeah. And he's now, he, he now realizes, you know, there's a way out of the box. Right. You may not know that way in the, in your head. Right. But you know that you've already done everything you need to do to get out of the box. Right. And now it's God's turn. And that's exactly what I was praying this morning, you know, as he had me praying for a lot of different things, but I was praying and I was reminding him, Lord, you know, I've done everything that I can possibly do. 
you know, there's only so much I can do. And uh, I, I believe that I've done everything that you have asked me to do and told me to do and given me direction to do. I've done it. Right. You know, I've been obedient to do what you've told me to do. So now it's, it's your turn. And as, as the enemy tries to make that clock tick in your head, because I know that's what he's doing. Yeah. Remind him that you're not, you're not subject to time. Time is subject to you. That's right. God made time so that we could keep track of time for ourselves, but we're not subject to it. It is a tool for us. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what he thinks. He, th- you know, I remember one time. I remember one time. I mean, I told you at last last podcast we talked about. I've made some huge mistakes, mm-hmm. and the enemy. I was. I re- I had lost everything that was important to me except my family. I had lost everything because of some huge mistakes. Right. And I was sitting on a couch and I was crying. And I finally got quiet. And the Lord said to me, the enemy thinks you have, he has you in a corner. Yeah. He said, but there are no corners in a round room. Oh, very true. I was out of that corner that the enemy thought he had me in, Mm -hmm. in less than two weeks. Wow. And the mistake started with me. The enemy comes as an angel of light. Yeah. Mistake started with me with the angel with the um, devil trying to pretend to be the Holy Spirit. Oh, okay, right. And I went down the wrong path, and Mm -hmm. not once, but I did it like three times in my life. I've done done that. Yeah. But when the Lord told me, the enemy thinks he has you in a corner, but there are no corners in a round room. Right. Well, I know that the situation that I have been in is because of the wrong decisions and the bad decisions that I've made over the last several years. And we're talking several years. Right. You know? and right. Me too. Me so, too. you know, I have, to, I do take responsibility for that. I know that they were my decisions. I know I made those mistakes and, mm-hmm. and I've been trying to correct them ever mm-hmm. since. But the thing of it is now you're not trying to correct it anymore. <laughs> right. Because you've already been forgiven. Right. You've already repented. Exactly. It's not your problem anymore. It's not my problem anymore. <laughs> it's not. And, it's what, and that's what I was saying, Lord, this, this is your problem you in now. A corner, but there are no corners in a round room. Right. Right. And this is, it's God's problem now. Cause I, you know, I, I gave it to him, you know, we, we were talking about that scripture not long ago, you know, uh, to roll your cares onto the Lord and then leave it there. And, and that's the key. The leaving is, it there is the key. The leaving it there. And I keep finding, I keep finding myself trying to go back, but then I'm like, nope, 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 nope. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. That is God's problem. Now he's got to deal with it now. And if once you, and we all do that because the enemy tries, he knows what buttons to push. But the thing uh-huh. of it is, is if you give the Holy Spirit permission, because he, he's a gentleman, he will not interrupt your thinking or your actions or your words unless right. you let him. Yeah. So you have to give him permission. But if you, if you have done that and right. given him permission to interrupt you when you start to go 
to take the care back, yes. he will stop you right in the middle of whatever. Right. He does. And he does. That's why I'm like, after I keep saying, no, I'm, I'm not taking it back. You know, no, no, no. Nope. Exactly. So he, he stops me right in the middle of it. And isn't it nice to have him there to do that? I know it really is. And I should have had him there a long time ago but to keep me from doing some other things. things. See, this yeah. is the thing. People go to church and I, there's a, there's a channel that I listen to for, for three programs. And it's the only reason I listen to that channel. But every once in a while, I get busy where I'm trying to get ready for work or I'm trying to, you know, get ready to go out or something. And I have it on because I want to feed my spirit. And then the end of that program that I'm purposefully listening to ends and something else comes on. And it doesn't seem to matter or I turn it on at different times of the day. So I'm hearing other preachers until I get to the one that I want to hear. And invariably, I mean... I, I'm please understand I'm not trying to be critical it's just the reality of it they're talking about things that have nothing to do with where the rubber meets the road right they're not talking about how to actually roll the care over they're they're talking about things like you know um I can't even think of it. I remember this is a good example I Years ago, the Lord had me go to a drug rehab as a teacher. And there were, there was, they needed someone to teach the women. They had women on one part of the property and men on the other part of the property. And they were short of teachers for both the the women and the men. Mm -hmm. And the Lord dealt with me and he said, I want you to go to this person. I knew him. I didn't know he had run a ministry until it was revealed to me that he ran a ministry a drug rehab. And he said, and the Lord said to me, I want you to go talk to Jerry and tell him that you, you need, you want to volunteer. You were told by me to go and volunteer to be a teacher there to help with the, with the the people he had at any given time. He'd have 50 people, give or take between the women and the men. And most of these people were on methadone. They had come off of heroin. Yeah. And they were on methadone. Right. And, the day that I went and told, talked to Jerry and said, okay, this is what the Lord told me. He says, well, I don't know if you're cut out for this. And I said, I, I'm just doing what the Lord told me to do. He says, well, what background do you have? I said, well, I was, I was hooked on drugs for a few years. Does that count? And he goes, <laughs> well, oh, you know, because everybody thinks I'm this, this, just this literally white, white woman. I was going to this drug rehab where most of the people were of a different ethnicity different ethnicities but not white there were a few white people there but I was pretty much outnumbered and he said to me well before we before I let you teach I want you to sit on one of the classes there's a class going on right now with one of the the women's side and I want you to go listen to the class and you come back and tell me if you still want to do it I'm like okay I already knew I was told to do it I wasn't going to back out because the Lord told me to do it. Right. 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 So I go and sit with these 20, it's the summertime or, you know, probably May in California. So it's pretty fairly warm, not hot, but warm. And they're all sitting outside and this woman is teaching them. And so I'm sitting in the back trying to be, you know, a whole, a fly on the wall. I'm trying not to interrupt or anything. And this woman is teaching these women, some of them out of detox for you know, out of um, detox for the, for one day, 
up to maybe two weeks. And she's teaching them out of the book of Acts. So I open my Bible to follow along. She's teaching about Lydia and her purple cloth that she made. Okay. And I, I'm listening to her because I've ever since I got born again, my whole thing has always been, my whole focus has been, because I grew up in a denomination that talked a lot about the crucifixion, a lot about the passion, but not what effect that has on my, my life today. I knew Jesus went to the cross. I knew Jesus died on the cross. I knew he rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. But it had no effect on what my life should be like as a result of him doing that. Yeah. And these women, I could tell most of them, they didn't relate to it any more than I did. Because what's this? Oh, yes, Lydia sold purple cloth in the book of Acts. What does that have to do with making my life better? Right. What does that have to do with my walking with the Lord? How does that help me defeat the the things that I've been dealing with? Most of these women have had children and none of them had their children in their, in their care because they had been taken away by CPS. Uh-huh. How could they relate to a woman being selling purple cloth? Well, that, that's, that was kind of my question when you said that earlier. So what, right. was there a point? And the point was, yeah, I didn't find what the point was. So when the class was, I kept my mouth shut. When the class was over, I went back to the office and Jerry said, so you still want to teach? I said, yes, these women need me. So because they were short of teachers, I ended up teaching not only the women, but the men. Oh, I wow. came on different days. For, I did the women's class one day and then came later in the week and had another class with just the men. Well, that's awesome. Now, I, I had some things. That the Lord manifested himself several times in, that, in the, the time that I was there teaching those classes. And I remember one specific time I was in, I was inside, it was raining that day. So we were inside and I was teaching the women and the women, um, they, I could see this look on their faces. Like, you know, this woman, I could just, I, you know, how it talks in the gospels, how Jesus knew their thoughts. Yeah. Well, I knew their thoughts. I could see it on their faces. Yeah. And I stopped what I was teaching. I don't remember what I was teaching, but I stopped what I was teaching and I said, I know what, you, what you're thinking. A lot of you are thinking. You're seeing this lily white, white woman who lives on the other side, doesn't live, because this was in Pittsburgh, California, which is like almost as bad as San Pablo, California. It's a really bad place to be from in California. Yeah. And I said, I know you, what you think. This is this lily white, white woman who lives in suburbia on the other side of the hill who doesn't have a clue what you're dealing with. And they looked at me like, what? How did you know that? <laughs> I said, let me tell you. The only difference between you and me is, I, met, you said, I said, you're all in a 12-step program. They went, yeah. Okay, I had three steps instead of 12. That got their attention. They said, they're like, three steps? I said, yeah, three steps. I went through a three-step program. And they're like, what? steps did you take because we have 12 you know right i said i screwed up step one i screwed up 
step two, I went to God. Step three, he fixed it. Hmm. I said, I've done everything you guys have done. Only difference between you and me is I didn't get caught. Yeah. That changed everything on that side with the women. I bet. And then I had one that came to me. And she had been a heroin addict for 17 years. She was in her 30s. And she'd, she started heroin when she was like 13 or 14 years old. Oh, goodness. Yeah. And she said, I go to meth. Can I talk to you? And I said, yeah. She said, I go to the methadone clinic. And I, I don't feel like I'm supposed to take the methadone anymore. I said, okay, so tell me about that. Why, why do you say that? She says, because every time I go to get it, I feel like I'm not supposed to do it. I said, and why should you not take the methadone? She says, because Jesus delivered me. I'm not an addict anymore. I said, then you need to pray and ask the Lord to show you what you do when you're supposed to, because they were made to go to the methadone clinic. They had to go, you know, X number of days or whatever, you know? Uh, yeah. So I said, you Pray, ask the Lord to show you what to say to those people at the county when you're supposed to go get the methadone. I said, I'm not going to tell you what to do. You have to follow what's in your spirit. Right. And she was, she was spirit filled by that point. Mm, awesome. Um, so she said, okay. So I came back next week and the county didn't like what she said. Cause she went and she says, I've been, I'm, she went to stand up. First, she went up to stand up in her 12 step meeting and you're supposed to say, I'm so-and-so in my, you know, and I'm a so-and-so addict. And she stood up in her meeting at that, at that home, at that place and said, my name is, I'll say my, I'll say your name is Susie. My name is Susie and I'm been, to, and Jesus has delivered me. I'm, I'm completely free of heroin. And everybody just, she had, you talk about pressure? (laughs) Talk about pressure? Yeah. She didn't take her, she didn't take the methadone. They sent her, sent her back with some. She threw the patches away that they gave her. Wow. Because she was completely and totally free. Amen. Praise God. But I had been teaching the power of words. And every time she took that methadone, the Holy Spirit was quickening her. You don't need this anymore. Right. And I knew what, where she was headed when she started asking me, but I was not going to be the one to say, yeah, you should, this is what you should do. Yeah. Because it was not going to be, quote, my fault that she didn't take it. Wow. Those kind of things still happen. And it's very easy for all of us to get discouraged with what we see and think, you know, I've been waiting for the Lord to to fix this for years. Right. Just with what you've been dealing with. Yeah. I've been waiting for the Lord to fix it. Where is he? You know, does he even, does he even know what I'm going through? (laughs) Yeah. He knows what you're going through. Yeah, he does. He does. And he's well able to take care of it. Absolutely. But he's going to take care of it the way he sees fit to take care of it. Yeah. And that's not just for you. That's and not just for me. That's for this world situation. Right. 
the day of the Oklahoma City bombing, I was teaching the men. And we were talking about the word Christ is not Jesus's last name. Uh huh. The word Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. Yep. And I had a guy stand up in the middle of the class and say, you can't talk about Jesus like that. You're lying. And he started, he walked out. Hmm. And I, and there's all the, you know, there's 20 some odd men in there looking at, they're all bigger than I am. You know, I'm five, two, if I stand real tall. Yeah. And, um, he starts, he starts walking out and I said, in the name of Jesus, the spirits that are driving this man, you have to leave. The man, the men can stay, but the spirits have to go. And right. I said this right in front of the class and, you know, all the guys and two guys left and they went to the office to tell on me. Well, there was this one guy and I don't remember his name. Let's just call him Sam. Cause I don't remember what his name was, Okay, but he was about six foot eight he was wow. very, very dark skinned, mm-hmm. very dark skinned. And he would sit through my, through my class week after week with his arms folded and his Bible open. And he wouldn't say a word. I always felt like he was really scrutinizing me. Yeah. And so the class ended. He didn't say a word. He just let me handle it. And like I said, two people left. I said, the spirits have to leave. The, the men can stay, but the spirits have to leave. You can't stay here. You're not allowed in this in this class. So those two went went to the office to tell on me. So this guy Sam, I got I finished the class and I left and that was and I know it was the day of the Oklahoma City bombing because I don't watch the news and within five minutes before I had a chance to gather my Bible and my notebook and all that, somebody had heard about it and told me that that's you know that that had happened that day. Right. So I left. I didn't worry about what they were doing, what they said. I left and I came back the next week and Jerry said, he said he wanted to talk to me. And I thought, oh, here it comes, you know, <laughs> right? Right. I go ahead and talk to Jerry. He says, so the guys came in and they, you know, they said, you, you said this and you said Jesus wasn't who, the son of God. And I said, no, I said the word Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. I told him, you go look, if you don't believe me, go look it up in the Strong's. You'll find out that that's exactly what it means in Hebrew and also in Greek. The word Christ is a Greek word. Mm-hmm. He says, yeah, I'm not worried about it. I just want to let you know what happened. And I said, okay, so why am I here kind of thing? I got a class to teach. He says, Sam came in. I said, really? He says, yeah, Sam came in. And he says, these guys have, they, they acted out in the class. She took care of it. I went and looked up every scripture she gave. And I looked, I went to the Strong's Concordance because she said, you can check it out for yourself in the Strong's Concordance. And you'll find out that what I'm saying is true. He said, every word that woman has said is true. Hmm. And they're just trying to make trouble. Yeah. The enemy had me convinced that Sam hated me. Sam didn't hate me. Sam just wanted to know what the truth was. Right. And he was very intent on hearing the truth. But the way he presented himself and the way the enemy was working on me, 
I thought he was my enemy. I thought he was going to back up those guys that were so, you know, um, rude and obnoxious and rebellious and all that. He says, no, she handled it. She was absolutely correct and they were wrong. Yeah. Then those other two ended up leaving the program. They didn't stay. Wow. Amazing. And Sam was the, was the, the, like the, you know, the, what what do you call those? The house guy. He was the one that was the leader over the house. Yeah. Right. Way to go, Sam. (laughs) Yeah. I (laughs) wish I could remember his name. He was, he was, it turned out he was the nicest man. He was very nice. Yeah. But he just want, he wanted to know the truth. And it goes back to the same thing I've thought, I've seen the Lord brings the foolishness of this world to calm down the wise. Right. Did I look like somebody that could teach them anything? No. Not to them. Did, did, they, did I look to them like I could make a difference with them and make their lives better? No. But we had people get filled with the Holy Ghost. We had people get delivered from drugs. We had a lot of things happen while I was there. Not because of me. Right. Because of my obedience. Yeah. Because the Lord had a work to do. Yeah. And in these last days, we are in the last days. You and I have talked about this numerous times. Mm -hmm. In the last days, we need people who can stand up and know what the word says and do what the word says. Absolutely. This pussyfooting around. And trying to decide, well, you know, when is the Sabbath? Is it Saturday? Is it Sunday? Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Uh, I know. Who cares about the purple cloth Lydia sold? Who cares? We need to touch people where they are at. Right. I don't know if you're aware of this, but um, Bill Winston has... Um, Something I can't think of what he calls it. Something in ten cities, ten in ten cities, or something like that. They've been to Detroit. They're planning to go to nine other cities. They're meeting the people where they're at. He says they're not going to come to us. Right. We have to meet them where they're at. Well, that's true. And they that's had true. a they had a guy last week that was in charge of some ministry in Detroit helping guys that had been in prison coming out and trying to adjust to to civilian life again Mm -hmm. and that guy looked like when I say when I was talking about Sam being so big and so dark this guy was as big and as dark as Sam and he started crying and saying if it wasn't for Bill Winston and, and this church these men would not have been touched the way they've been touched you came and helped us thank you so much yeah. And burst into tears. People, wow. the people that need to be touched, the people that need to be hung- that are hungry and need to be touched, they're not, they're not our people. They're God's people. Right. Yeah. And these people cannot be touched with anything and changed with anything other than the anointing. That is absolutely true. And the anointing is what breaks 
destroys the yoke. I won't say destroys breaks. The broken yoke. things can be broken things can be mended together. Right. The, uh, the anointing destroys the yoke. Destroys and that's what the and that's what the 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 enemy's afraid of. Where you're concerned, just like he's afraid of it where I where I'm concerned. Right. He's afraid of it where our families are concerned, because he's so power hungry. He wants that power to remain. Yeah. He wants more power, not less. More control, not less. And when we start taking steps to defeat the darkness and get out and get out from under his thumb he doesn't like it very much oh no he doesn't he absolutely doesn't i know (laughs) if he doesn't like it that's just exactly what i want to do exactly yeah i i I hear you 100 you know i was getting ready for work um i think it might have been last week and do you remember telling me recently that you heard, you know, uh, the spirits talk verbally? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Well, this this that happened to me last week, mm. and I was getting ready for work. And as I was getting ready for work, I heard it in my. I heard it. I I heard this voice say, "She's getting stronger." And, you know, the the goosebumps just kind of went all over me because <laughs> you knew what side was saying that. Yeah, I did. I knew what side was saying that. And I thought I kind of, I froze for a second, but then I, I stood there and I thought, you're darn right. I am. You should be afraid. You should be nervous. You know, I'm getting stronger. I'm getting stronger and you, you're not going to, you're not going to stop me anymore. You know, you're not going to interfere in, in the details of my life anymore. You're not going to rule me. You're not going to control me. So yes, I'm getting stronger. And I'm not going to stop. You know, I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep doing what God is telling me to do. And I'm going to keep being obedient. And I'm going to keep doing this. And I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to stop. So you can try and come. You can come. You try to come and discourage me. And you may be successful for a second. But then, you know, I'm, you know, those thoughts may go through my head. That's what I mean to say. Really, those thoughts may go through my head. But I'm not going to give in to that anymore. I'm not giving in to, to the enemy anymore. You know, so I'm getting stronger and I've, I've learned so much in the last several months and he's, he's not happy with me and I, I don't care. You know, I'm just, I'm, I, I keep pressing forward because I keep pressing towards, you know, what God has called calling. me to do. Yes. That the high calling. The high calling. Yeah. Jesus. Yes. Exactly. And as Kenneth Hagen senior used to say, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head. Your right. hair your head but you can stop them from making a nest in your hair yeah (laughs) and they're not making a nest in your hair anymore no but you know as challenging as the days have been um it doesn't affect me as much as it used to because i i was very quick for you know some even a few months ago not not that long ago i was very quick to um, give in to that discouragement and get discouraged really quickly. Mm-hmm. If I didn't see what I prayed for, you know, manifest as quickly as I thought it should. Mm-hmm. And yes, I had a little bit of a meltdown this morning, but I bounced right back from that because I, I felt the presence of the Lord. He had me praying about us, you know, specific situations this morning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course the devil's going to show up, you know, of course he is. And he's going <laughs> to, 
whisper in my ear and try to tell me things, you know, like your prayers aren't making any difference. The word yeah. doesn't work. You know, you know, there's no power in that word, you know, he, and he'll say, he'll tell you, look around you. There's nothing happening, but yeah. physically I don't see it. No, but in the spirit, I know right. that things have changed. I know and what's happening in the spirit. And who's the one who's the prince of the power of the air? That is absolutely him. Right. He controls everything you see, hear, taste, touch, and smell. So you yeah. can't base it on that. Right. You know, we, we, we're not to be moved by what we feel. And we don't, we walk by faith and not by sight. So it doesn't matter what it looks like around me, even though, you know, it, any day of the week you can look around and it's, it's, it looks like doom and gloom, you know, but and that's if not you're looking for doom and gloom. You're sure to find it. Too. Yeah. You're going to find it anytime. If you're looking for it, you're going to find it, but I'm looking for, I'm looking for what God has and what God's doing. And it does, I do see, you know, glimpses of it. Right. And I know that we're not, we're, we're not quite there yet at the end of it, but we're getting so much closer. And that's why it's so intense. That's why the pressure is getting greater. And mm -hmm. the, 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 you could say that the fire has been cranked up. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. You know, I, I was, I made a comment today on that social media platform that we're both on uh -huh. about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. I didn't name them. I said the three Hebrew men. Yeah. In the furnace. Um, because, I, you know, you have limited space. So I was trying to make it as quick as I could. Right. But that didn't affect setting a fire seven times hotter. If, if a fire is going at level one, will it burn? Yes. Mm -hmm. So what difference does it make if you make it level two or level three or level four right. or seven? Right. It's still going to do the same thing. Yeah. You can only go make fire go so it can only be so strong. Right. Because it's still going to have the same effect. Mm -hmm. And I found it interesting. And I, it had to be the Holy Spirit to quicken several people today to put uh, to make little memes with Second Peter 3, or excuse me, Second Peter 1. Verse three, according as this divine power is given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. And several people put it on there. And the Lord wow. had me go at least twice. I don't remember exactly how many times I did it, but at least twice, not all of them, but at least twice. He had me make a comment that says, if we are take the Bible literally and read first Peter one, starting at verse four, then that very next verse through verse 10, we find out the elements of a fail safe life. And all we have to do is take the Bible literally and then add to our faith, the things that are listed in verse four through 10. You're right. And we have the, the, the formula or the recipe for a fail-safe life. It's not a mystery. Right. 
I hear, I saw a, a, some, a comment last week where someone said, you know, so, I know the Psalm 91 really speaks to certain people. It speaks to all of us. It Take it literally. <laughs> right. So just because I, I feel like it's incomplete if I don't say it. So starting at verse four, the very next verse says, whereby are given unto us, if you pull up your Bible open to second Peter one, so you can read it in yours when I get done, please. Okay. Um, verse four says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, there's the first element, Add to your faith virtue, there's the next element. And to virtue knowledge, there's the next element. And to knowledge temperance, that's the next one. And to temperance patience. And to patience godliness. And to godliness brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness charity, which is agape love. Mm -hmm. For if these things be in you and abound, it says if. So they, you're, it's your choice whether they be in you and abound. They make that you shall be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. Not sometimes you'll fall. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. doesn't say that. It says, Wherefore, the rather brethren, giving diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do, we, you do these things, you shall never fall. Mm, that's good. Read that for me in First Peter 2, or excuse me, 2 Peter 1, 2 Peter 1, starting at verse 3, and read it to end of verse 10, if you would, please. A 3 to 10. I got mm -hmm. it. Okay. This, as we know Jesus better, his divine power gives us everything we need for living a godly life. He has called us to receive his own glory and goodness. And by that same mighty power, he has given us all of his rich and wonderful promises. He has promised that you will escape the decadence all around you caused by evil desires and that you will share in his divine nature. So make every effort to apply the benefits of these promises to your life. Then your faith will produce a life of moral excellence. A life of moral excellence leads to knowing God better. Knowing God leads to self-control. Self-control leads to patient endurance. And patient endurance leads to godliness. Godliness leads to love for other Christians and finally, you will grow to have genuine love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more you will become productive and useful in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop these virtues are blind or at least very short-sighted. They have already forgotten that God has cleansed them from their old life of sin. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Doing this, you will never stumble or fall away. There you go. 
Now, if that isn't a fail-safe life, I don't know what is. <laughs> Amen. And every, the ones that I get comment on, they came back and said, yes, amen, absolutely. Well, that's why we have this word. It's an instruction manual. It is an instruction manual. And if we would follow it and do what it says to do, life would probably be a lot easier. It would be. You know? But you have to take it literally. It's not. You know, I'm reading this. Oh, this is really, this would be really good for Cheryl. I, I should call Cheryl and tell her how good this is. And she needs to do this. No, it's good for me. Now, right. there are times when the Holy Spirit will quicken me to send you or a couple of my other friends a text with a scripture and just say, the Lord told me to share this. Or, you know, I, I just think this fits right now. The Lord told me to send this to you right now. But it's not because you're supposed to do it and I'm exempt. <laughs> it's because I'm reading it and the Lord's quickening me and says, send that to so-and-so. Right. They need to see that right now. Right. And sometimes I'm busy and I don't get to it immediately, but in even if I delay a couple of minutes, that whole two minutes he's saying, send that to her now. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever her is, you know, send yeah. that to her now. Yeah. Right. Because her needs that now. Yeah. You know. Right. And yeah. Usually when you've been, when you've sent me something, it has been what I've needed right at that moment. So. Yeah. And it's, it, it, that's because I'm trying to be obedient with what the Lord's given me to do. And that mm -hmm. is to help the body of Christ grow up into who they should be mm -hmm. so that they can defeat the darkness. Right. If, if somebody you know, listens to this podcast and never does anything we talk about, never activates their faith and uses the scriptures we give or the, the examples that we give, apply them to their own lives. It's not going to help them. Right. Believe me, I, there are, there are a lot of things I could be doing with my time other than this. Right. <laughs> Especially given what we both, the things we've both been dealing with over the past several months. Yeah. Especially today, mm -hmm. you know, was I late contacting you to get started with this? A little bit. Have I ever been late before? No. Nope. <laughs> yeah, that late is not part of my part of my normal mode of operation. Right. And you and you had texted me to say, "Are you okay? Did I miss something? Did I, you know, I on the wrong day or something?" And, and no, it was just I had the day got away from me. Yeah. But I've been dealing with some things, too, and the day got away from me. And then I had to wait for a couple of things to transpire to go ahead and, and get with you. So right. I just went ahead and did those things and got got a hold of you. But we're at a time that if we allow ourselves to look at all the negative that the enemy is trying to produce around us in our own personal lives, but also in, in the world affairs, we can become discouraged and lose faith very quickly. Right. And, you know, I ran across that scripture in Luke 18, 8. You know, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? I always used to think to myself, well, there'll be me because I'll be in faith. But some, right. days, some days it's been hard to hang on to that. There's no way the Lord's going to leave me, leave us like this. Right. There's also the scripture in Thessalonians, you know, Thessalonians 
I forget where it says we're, we, we're not appointed to suffer wrath. Right. So I have to, I, I keep reminding myself of that. We're not appointed to suffer wrath. Correct. So we're not. But I see not our people portion. in my own family that are, you know, having a hard time expect, believing God to do something. Right. And that is the, that is sometimes the hardest thing because, you know, like we are in such a hurry to see the results and God moves at his own pace. Right. And we have to understand that the reason God moves at his own pace is because he sees things that we don't see. Correct. And he knows things that we don't know. So if he were to be too soon, you know, that could, that, that could, could cause an issue. If he were to be too it. late. Yeah. If his timing is off, it could affect a lot of things, but God's timing is always perfect. So we have to remember that. Right. So no matter what, what it looks like or how slow we think he's going, his timing is perfect. Right. And we're going to come out of this better than, than what we were before. He's not going to, you know, put us or let us go through these things and let us be destroyed by them. And I don't let, believe that. I believe there's a reason we go through these things, of course, but you know, a lot of it is for the building of our faith, you know, for um, making us stronger in the, in, in the word. And, and there's just, there's reasons, there's reasons, mm -hmm. but you know, we, ha we have to be as patient waiting on the Lord as he is waiting on us. Well, and he's merciful too, because there's a lot of these, a lot of the people that I see being used to the enemy that I would have run out of mercy a long time ago. Oh, definitely. <laughs> a lot. It wouldn't of have taken me long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I might've given him a little slack, but I mean, at some point I would have said, okay, enough is enough. Right. And, and the Lord is just about there in his own way. He's just about there. Yeah. So. Amen. Well, for couple of people that weren't sure what the Lord would want us to talk about. <laughs> he definitely provided a way. Right. So as a reminder, because I've been, I've been um, encouraged to do this as a reminder, anybody listening can go to VivianLMiller.com. There are a lot of free resources, links, um, videos, uh, readings, book links, for other for resources to help you build your faith, help you walk in quantum faith at a more expert level, at a higher level. And then, of course, my books are, are on sale or links to get ebooks if you'd rather an ebook than a, than a physical book. Those links are available as well. And you're welcome to spend as much time there as you need to spend. Um, I will remind you again that there is a chat feature. So if you have a question or you want some recommendation about what you, what kind of where to start, text, you know, use the chat feature. I will get back to you as quickly as I possibly can. And so until next time, we're going to unhook here. So until next time, be strong in the Lord. Be bold. Be courageous. Be victorious and defeat the darkness.